kid. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Eisenberg, and I'm here with Coach Jacob Tobin, who is now the head coach at SUNY Ulster, the Senators. And a lot of you probably have seen his account on social media, one of the ones he runs. And I think we're going to start talking about that today. Be uncommitted. Coach, welcome. Thank you, Brian. I, uh, I appreciate you having me on. And I really look forward to talking about my program as well as my platform, Be Uncommitted. Yeah, first of all, I've got to touch on the fact that you're in one of my favorite cities, my, my former hometown, Brooklyn, New York, and that you are now coaching in beautiful Hudson Valley, especially this time of year. I know it's a long commute, but it's got to be stunning with all the lead changing. And No, it's absolutely gorgeous. And the ride every day, I get to see the, the fall come a, a little more and the leaves start to change and start to fall and, and all the leaf peepers are out looking. It's a beautiful drive. It's a long drive, but it's a beautiful drive going from Brooklyn up the uh, Palisades to SUNY Ulster. It's a gorgeous uh, community and it's a really beautiful place we have up there. Yeah. Anytime I was able to drive from the Palisades, that was like one of my favorite things to do. It's just a great, relaxing drive. But let's start with be uncommitted. And then we're going to go on from there. I know you are doing some summer bowl coaching, right? And I, I don't know what league at the time. And you decided to start be uncommitted. Can you tell us why you started it and what you're currently doing with the platform? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I started it when I was a assistant at a junior college, University of Connecticut, Avery Point. And I, I didn't have the connections that some of the other coaches did. The head coach, Ian Ratchford, has been, you know, he was a high school athletic star in, in Connecticut. He was a football player. He was a baseball player. He even played basketball. So he was really well known. And everywhere we'd go, it seemed like he would have connections. And I just, I didn't have those connections. So I, I, I needed to do something to, to meet other coaches and help promote my players. And I brainstormed for a long time about what I could do. And then I decided to come up with the platform, Be Uncommitted. And through Be Uncommitted, I, I take videos of my guys during practice, during the inner squads, and I post them on Be Uncommitted. And I tag different schools and tag, tag different people. And I quickly learned that it was a very, very effective tool to get my guys seen. And I sent guys to Chapman in California. We sent guys to Dominican. We sent guys to all, all over the place to play. And some of it was through Beyond Committed. A lot of it was through Coach Ratchford and his connections. But I did help out with creating this platform. And it helped my guys a lot. It helped my guys get seen. And it also helped me be able to identify recruits pretty quickly. And since, since I've become a head coach, I've used the platform quite a bit to try to recruit. As we talked earlier, SUNY Ulster was in a spot where they didn't have a coach and they hired me about a month ago. So we, uh, we were in a tough spot bringing players. And luckily I have this platform that I use to, to bring in guys. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have a really good team coming up here in the, um, in the spring, but I do need to recruit a few more pitchers just like everybody else. But 
that's that's pretty much why I created Beyond Committed. And it's been successful. It's been successful and it's helped a lot of kids. And since since I created it, I've averaged probably seven, eight hundred kids, I believe, have gotten recruited from it. I those numbers aren't a hundred percent accurate, but I'm pretty sure we've helped a lot, a lot, a lot of students get recruited. So let's dive into that a little bit. First of all, for anybody listening, it's the, it's the letter B as in baseball, uncommitted, right? So yes. Very simple to spell. And talk about a little success. You're at 37.4 thousand followers as of this moment. Definitely people are are paying attention over 530 college coaches and scouts. And I think you said two things that were really important for our listeners to, to hear. The first one you said is you took the time and you developed this platform and A, it was huge for you as a college coach. And look, I've been fortunate enough to develop a following on multiple platforms of well over a quarter million followers. There is a power in having this community, this tribe that I don't think a lot of people understand. So first, I'd love us to dive into that, but then I want to dive into, okay, what are you telling these parents and these kids? What do they need to do in order to do it right and attract attention and build a following? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the, what I tell kids to post is any video that a college coach would look at and say, that is that anything that a college coach would look at and say, wow, that's a skill that I don't have on my team right now, or that's a skill that my best players have. And, and I want to add this guy. So it's all about posting videos that show you can play college baseball. So if it's a lifting video and you're doing squats, you're lifting 500 pounds, and that's what the uh, coach is that's what the guys on his team are look doing, then yeah, you're going to, you're going to be seen a little bit, but yeah, posting videos is post athleticism, post power, post against good pictures, post just, I tell everybody if it wasn't on video, it didn't happen. And talking to coaches, you can tell them about how great a player you are showing video and showing video of you actually going out there and hitting a 90 mile an hour fastball over the fence. We'll do a lot more for you than just telling somebody that. So I just tell people to post videos that show them as a baseball player, show them as their athleticism, show their game. If you're fast, show videos of you get, if you run, if you hit for power, show videos of you hitting home runs. It's that's what I tell them to post. Something will make you theme. We'll show your acts. We'll show your attributes as a college athlete is what I'm trying to say. Would you also recommend that they post things related to, let's say, even their academics, maybe awards that, you know, that they're achieving there, different parts of their lifestyle of hobbies. Let's say they also enjoy other sports and they play that for fun. What other things are appropriate for student athletes to post that, that might get a coach's attention? Just any, anything that, that shows athleticism, anything that, that shows that you love the game and that you're working hard. Anything that'll set you apart. Awards, absolutely post your awards. If you're the MVP of your team, guess what? There's 25 kids on your team that, that didn't get that award. So that shows that you're a special player. So yes, post awards, post videos of you playing football, 
post any, post anything that will make a college coach say, oh, that's an athlete or that kid could play on my team. And if you're a really fast wide receiver and you're doing a go route and you have a good video of that, yeah, absolutely post that because the college coach would like to see your speed, would like to see your athleticism. And we also like the toughness that comes with the football players. So we uh, think that that will show who you are to a college coach, I think is a good thing. So yeah, any type of video is good as long as it's not, I don't know, as long as it's not too long and all the best information, the best part of the video needs to be in the first five seconds to really get the, the coach's attention and keep their attention. Because as coaches, we go hundreds of videos a day. So that first five seconds is very important. So it's the marketing hook. It's, it's universal. You mean a kid has a video. We've probably seen all over social media, like Mookie Betts, where he's throwing strikes on a bowling alley, then dunking basketballs next and shooting threes and then running rounds. You've got a video like that. You should post it. Yes. If you have a video of you being the best athlete, Mookie Betts, the best athlete in bowling, the best bowler, the best basketball player, the best baseball player, the best football player. Yes. Post it. Post all of it. Is there anything that they shouldn't post? Or let me add to that. Music behind those videos? Or do you want natural sounds? Natural sounds is good. I like to hear the bat. If it's a wood bat and you're making a, a real ruckus hitting the ball. Yeah, yeah, no music over that. I, I want to hear the crack of the bat. I've gotten videos where I can hear kids in the background chattering about all sorts of stuff. Those videos where the kids are saying stuff that could be borderline, not what a college coach wants to hear, those you go ahead and you blast music over those. So you don't have to hear the ruckus going on behind them. But yeah, absolutely, you don't want to post too many videos either. There's the old. There's the old, uh, in basketball, you miss all the shots you don't take. I think that if you post videos, if you take those shots, post some videos, and you're not so good in the video, or your swing's not 100% that day, or so, something's going wrong, then, uh, then don't post those videos, because a coach would look at that video, and then they would not look at the rest of your videos. They see who you are. So you don't want to pigeonhole yourself with bad videos. It's important to really go for quality videos of you doing, playing your best. So there's a couple of things there I want to unpack. N number one, I think as you're saying is the more videos, the better. And, and I, again, it's just as basics of social media. The more you post, the more people end up following you, the more followers you have, obviously the more chances you are to get seen. You right. Know, that, that's a good thing. Two things. So one, if I've got a video of a hitter. And let's say he's in a three, two count, but the swing is really ugly, but he goes ahead and he drives in two runs because he just smoked that ball, even though maybe he got out and it's not a pretty swing, right? He got pulled, but he's still got barrel on it. You want to see that? Yes, I do. I want to see a two. So three, two, you're, you have your, you're working your two strike approach right there. And that's to the plan there is to see the ball as long as you can. You never, you're never early two strikes you always want to wait see the ball as long as you can and a three two count you poke the ball the other way you score two runs that's great that needs to be in the front of the video you need to say three two count working on my two strike approach so then a coach would know oh hey he's ready here 
he's ready for the fastball, but he's going to react to the breaking ball. And he sees the pitch. He gets fooled a little bit. He's ready for the fastball, but he stays back enough and he keeps the barrel back and he drives it to right field and he scores two runs. Yeah, absolutely. We're absolutely want to see that. Even, by the way, that's a true story with Sammy. He had one of those and he just didn't love his swing, but kept his team in the game because he ended up scoring two runs on a bull that when the pitcher walked off after he, he hit that shot, the pitcher said, you almost killed me. And Sammy didn't want to post the video. But I've seen other kids have this same story. What about now? Let's talk about pitchers a little bit. Talking about sounds. What about having pitchers share videos of them breaking bats? The crack of the bat the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, send those. I was a big Mets fan growing up. And I remember going to a lot of Mets games and hearing Al Leiter make those funny noises when he pitches and then breaking a lot of bats. So if you're breaking bats, that means you got good stuff and you're missing barrels. So yeah, absolutely. If I, if you're a pitcher and, and you break bats, if you have a, if you got a cutter or a sinker that can, you can get off the end of the bat sometimes, or that can run it on them, then yeah, I absolutely want to see you breaking bats. Now, in terms of um, quality video, right? And so uh, well, obviously you said it could be a bad swing. It could be whatever pitch. As long as you're showing your class, showing situation, showing that you're a competitor, are there preferences for how you want to see that video? I, obviously, I think we wanted to make sure parents know, don't shoot it through the net if you can avoid it, because that makes it really hard to see anything. But are there any other tips that you generally like to give that you use with your guy? Yeah, yeah. So I like to get a lot of different angles of my hitters. I like to see the path of the ball. So I like some behind them where I can really see the distance of the ball, how hard it's hit, how far it goes. But I also like to see side views and mechanics. And if you, if a four-year college coach asks me, I'll send him any videos he wants, but I'll send him videos of from behind the hitter, seeing the path of the ball, and also to the side of the hitter, seeing swing mechanics. and. I also like to get an angle where it's back from, so if it's a right-handed hitter, you're on the first base side, a little far back behind the dish, and you want to get the swing mechanics of a right-handed hitter, as well as the path of the ball. So back there in that kitty corner, getting a more angles and more views is good too. For pitchers, the side mechanics are always important. You want to see you want to see pitching mechanics from the side, but just like hitters, you want to see the ball, the path of the ball, especially right out in the hand. So just behind the pitcher, if they're a righty over their right shoulder, probably eight to 10 feet behind them, up a little facing down so you can get the motion as well as the path of the ball and then the catcher. That would be ideal as well as radar. Radar is always important. A lot of people can tell the difference between velocity in videos, but some people can't. You really need to have velo behind it. If it's a, a stalker, great. If it's a pocket radar, that's fine too. Awesome. And then of course, if, if they have more advanced metrics, they can include those as well. Things like Rapsodo or TrackMan, those are even in more value. Yes. Ab- absolutely. And if you can get a video from behind, as well as the TrackMan data, you know, that's even better. So let's go back a little bit because I think we share a lot of great tips for parents, athletes, going ahead and using social media, 
when they go ahead and they post, should they tag a lot of coaches in, in that post? Should they tag someone like yourself, be uncommitted or flat ground so that, you know, flat ground doesn't allow you to tag other people. How would you approach doing that? Should you post that same video multiple times and tag different people? Should you send it individually to coaches? What's usually your best advice? This is a tough one for me because I've always thought that if you tag a coach, he's going to watch it. And I've, I hear a lot like coaches say, don't tag us in the videos. We don't want to see you. But I've always thought that if I'm a coach at, uh, I don't, I don't know, somewhere huge and uh, a player tags me in a video and I don't watch it and the kid turns out to be, I don't know, Buster Posey, then you're going to feel like a real doofus. So I've always thought that tagging coaches is okay because they'll see it, but tagging the platforms like myself or Flatground app, those are huge. And like you said, Flatground doesn't allow you to tag other people. End of, yeah, send one, post the video, talk about what's in the video, add Flatground. That's what I'd say to do that because Flatground's the biggest. I don't feel like they're specifically for recruiting. It's more just like a baseball platform with everything, but Flatground is the biggest and I would tag Flatground and then I would post again and I would tag be uncommitted. And those two, between us and Flatground, I feel like we got a pretty good, uh, a pretty good network of coaches that, that are following us. So I feel like you will be seen if you do those two specific things. Post a video, tag Flatground. Post a video, tag be uncommitted. Those two things will help you be seen. Awesome. So now you have also quite a bit of experience coaching in summer league and, and with college athletes, and this is your first head coach position. So let's talk about what it's like going from, because you know a lot of these kids have no idea what summer ball is like for college. Then obviously going to that transition to becoming a head coach now. Yeah, yeah. So the point of summer ball is you come to summer ball to get reps in, get better, and learn about yourself as a player. And as a summer ball coach, my job is not, to win games. And in the Hamptons League, it's not to win games. The Hamptons League is a developmental league. And my job is to have everybody play and have pretty much just have everybody have a good summer, everybody play, everybody get the reps that their coaches want them to, as well as just get reps and learn yourself in the game. And I tell my guys in summer, there's going to be no, no steal signs. I want you guys to learn to steal bases. If you're base stealers, I want you to steal bases. I'm never going to give you the take sign 3-0 power hitters. Go ahead. Go ahead. Try to put one out there. Do something for your numbers. Do something for your stats. I tell my fast guys, hey, 3-0. You're taking. Get on. Steal a base. Help those numbers. Yeah, so summer's about, it's just about getting better and getting reps and just playing the game you love. There's no pressure in summer ball. It's not my agenda. It's the agenda given to me by the players' coaches. And that's what I provide for. I just give them what their coaches want. Usually it's good for everybody and the players really respect the fact that I'm not pushing my agenda on them. I will be pushing my agenda on the players though at, at SUNY Ulster. And uh, I love speed. I love small ball. I love great defense. I love pitchers that throw strikes and can mix. I'm definitely looking for a lot of guys for spring and also for next spring. 
But I think the difference is the goal here at Clooney Ulster is to win. It's going to be tough for a little bit, but eventually the goal is going to be to win games and championships. And that's kind of the difference between summer and, uh, and college is college is we're going to, we're going to claw and we're going to bite and we're going to do everything we can to win. And summers, we're going to do everything we can to learn about ourselves. So I think that's the biggest difference. Now, one of the first things you mentioned to me when we first spoke was about making sure kids keep having the passion for the game, because unfortunately you had a coach that gave you a little bit of a less of a positive experience. Can you share about that? Because I think that's such a critical part of the development process to really understand if you don't love the game and how hard it gets as you keep getting up in the levels, especially once you get to the college or beyond, why it's so important to have that love. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. When I played in college, I, I had a coach that, that he made me his, the guy he'd scream at and he, he'd, uh, in, enjoy getting at me in front of everybody else. And it ruined the game for me for a long time. And I loved baseball and I wanted to play college baseball so bad. And I did. And I think because of my love for the game, I endured the bull crap a little bit longer from this guy. But uh, yeah, it, it gave me, it gave me tools to never want to take baseball from anybody. It's the love for the game and the love for your teammates is something so special. And when somebody can take that away from you, it, it can really ruin it. And it also can affect other things as well. So I never want to be the guy that, that ruins the game for anybody. So I always, when talking to my players or talking to the group, I never call anybody out. And I always try to remain positive and do the best thing for the guys. And the guys see it. The guys see that I'm not going to scream at anybody or cause any, really find some one person to scream at. I'm fair. You know, the old Joe Torrey quote I love is equal and fair is equal. Sometimes equal and fair are different. And I really, that's something I live by. Yeah. That, that, that's phenomenal. I could see why people would want to have you as their coach. Let's wrap up with one last thing. So let's talk a little bit about the SUNY program. Cause if you're not, if you're not from the state of New York, you may not know that SUNY is a, one of the state universities. It's a junior college. You're looking to grow a whole bunch of JUCO bandits here. You know, why JUCO and why SUNY Ulster as, uh, as an option, even if you're in any other part of the country. JUCO is about two things, in my opinion. It's about development and then exposure. And if, if you're looking for a D1 right now and you're not a draft eligible guy, you're not Mike Trout, you're not that good, you're going to sit the pine somewhere for a year, maybe two years. It's just what's going on in college baseball right now. now there's 25, 26 year old men playing college baseball because of COVID, because of of them not having a chance to. So it's a really tough environment for Division One, Division Two baseball right now. That's why I think JUCO is such a good idea because you will get the chance to play right away. JUCO is only, it's only freshmen and sophomores. It, the rosters aren't as big and it's all, it's all, you will always get a chance to play. And JUCOs are about development. They're about getting you better so you can go somewhere else opposed to a four-year, which is 
getting you really good to win games right now. That's what a four-year is. And JUCO is develop, developing you to go somewhere else. So that's why I choose JUCO. Why I choose SUNY Ulster is because of a, co a couple things. The first thing is the exposure that I'm going to be able to give these guys through DM Committed. I'll be able to video practices, games, everything. And then if Johnny makes a great diving play on a practice on Tuesday, by Tuesday night, that video will be on Twitter, hopefully in front of over 700 coaches. So that's why I think SUNY Ulster is a premier destination for exposure. And that's why I think we're going to be very successful is because guys are going to want to come here because they know they're going to be seen here. They know they're going to get those looks from the four years. And they, and they know that eventually we're going to be very successful and we're going to have a very good program. So it's going to be a lot of reasons why a player would choose SUNY Ulster. Exactly. It's part of the SUNY system, which, which also has its value. If you can just elaborate on that a little. Yes. I'm recruiting a kid from Philadelphia whose dad's a professor. And he was telling me how great the SUNY system is, the State University of New York system is. And it's, it, they work really well together. As in, you could come to a JUCO and then you could easily transfer out. You could easily transfer out to any four-year, but you could easily transfer to the SUNY schools without losing any credits, which is huge. And then we've, we were also... Wait, wait, let me interpret that for people. So you pay... JUCO prices for those same credits you would take at the four-year school. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of big thing that our admissions team does is they help you break down the next four years of payment. And they show you, hey, these, the next two years at SUNY Ulster, you'll be paying a, a very small amount and you can save for the next two years at a bigger four-year. Yes, it's, it's exactly that. It's college credits at a very low rate is what it is. So let's wrap up with one, one final question. We're getting towards the, uh, we're seeing all the commitments from the last of the 2023s. There's obviously tons of kids who, who have not committed, who may have not have found a home. And any last words of advice for them that this final year of their school to be able to possibly find a college home? It's determine what you really want. And if baseball is something you really need, then Go the JUCO route because there will be a lot of opportunity for you. Um, opposed to the four-year route where, guess where? Guess what? There's going to be a lot of opportunity for you there as well, but maybe not to play right away. It might, your opportunities might be you have to sit on the bench for two years and get bigger and stronger and be a great practice player for two years and then play in the game. So I'd say definitely consider JUCO. A lot of people... There's a stigma about junior college academics, and here it's just not the case. We've been voted best junior college in New York State in 2020 and 2021, so we do a lot with academics, and we're very proud of what we do on the academic front, and we're very proud of, of the success our guys have in the classroom once they leave our schools. Terrific. Coach Jacob Tovin, thank you so much for your time today. I hope our listeners get some great information about you how to get recruited through social media. If anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, just find me on Twitter, JacobTobin12. Send me a message and I will be happy to reply to you as soon as I can. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you, Brian. 
Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Also, please consider following us at Baseball Mentors and picking up a copy of our book, Play Ball Kid. We wish you the best of luck in your baseball journey.